Huge, fantastic news dropped today as Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA, has announced that he is stepping down. As Oklahoma State fans, I think we are very happy about it. I got together with the guys that I usually get together with to do the Big 12 Roundtable, and uh, we talked a little bit about what the future of the NCAA looks like without Mark Emmert, all on this episode of Locked on Pokes. You are Locked on Pokes, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, once again, so the big news today, folks, was that Mark Emmert, the uh, one of the great punching bags in American sports. We've talked about this before, but commissioners, um, usually in professional sports, are very much punching bags. Like that is kind of their 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 function. Roger Goodell is a great example. Anytime anybody's mad at the league, they're like Roger freaking Goodell. We're so mad at him. And usually, here's the thing: he takes it, he eats it, he wears it well, whatever he has to do. He makes a lot of money. And guess what happens? Uh, it's the most watched sport in the entire country, right? And and that's why he is paid so handsomely. Mark Emmert is really the opposite end of this. Um, I, to me, guys, I want to start like this. I don't think we know what Mark Emmert's legacy is going to be because he has left the door so wide open for so much to change. So closing the book on this now, and I think they said that he is going to serve until um, until June 30th, 2023. But I think, you know, also at the same time, like if they really find somebody before then, I, I don't see him staying on, whatever. Kind of almost a Bob Bowlesby situation, right? In, in that kind of sense. I think that's probably how it would go down. We'll see. But do you guys agree with my assessment, John? I'll go to you first, that like we can't close the book yet, yet on Mark Emmert because – the door is wide open for a lot of things to happen, whether it be NIL, transfer portal, and college football, and really the NCAA's involvement in college football moving forward. Yeah, there was not really much done at the NCAA level to enact regulations for NIL to kind of restrict the transfer portal. They kind of just let it be the wild, wild west and kind of did the Pontius Pilate. We're washing our hands of this, and good luck, everybody. And I and I kind of think what you're hearing from coaches across the country, the Sabins, uh, you know, Lincoln Riley at times, Davo Sweeney is a big proponent of, of regulation and, and creating some structure to this. A lot of that is probably some frustration with the NCAA leadership and not providing an, an avenue to have some regulation, not stepping in and saying, hey, look, we're going to be the leaders on this. We're going to be the ones not relying on the states to create what this should look like, not relying on the universities to create what this should look like. We're going to be the ones to be proactive, setting up some guidelines, setting up some restrictions so that it does have some transparency and does some have, does have some cleanliness to it because for better or worse, I mean, we're seeing the, the pay for player thing happening. It doesn't, it's not strictly that, but it, it is what it is. But that's partly the NCAA's fault for not creating a, a sense of boundaries for these schools to work with within and the businesses to work within as well to make sure that it's staying on the up and up. And I think just the inactivity of Mark Emmert in that vein is part of what's going to be the lasting memory of him 
um, as far as NIL is concerned. I, I think you, it's, you, it's, it's what you said, you know, the, the commissioner is there to be the, the go between, between the fans and the ownership in this case, the fans and the presidents of the university. I mean, the NCAA, I mean, he got a lot of power because of the conferences and the presidents of those conferences, but they needed a better leader in this last 12 years. I mean, so much realignment has gone down. We've seen, you know, the college ball playoff expand. It could have expanded further, but it didn't. We've seen transfer portal just open up and NIL just kind of become the wild, wild West. And so, I mean, the NCAA, if they really want to be an active part of college football, which they seem to want to be, then they need to take a lead on some of these things that have become pretty controversial over the last couple of years. So Linda, if you had to pick a, a favorite or least favorite. Al, if you're if you're picking the least favorite, I guess it would be the NCAA punishing Oklahoma State. So that's probably the least favorite. But if you had to pick like your favorite adventure that we've had during the 12 year tenure of Mark Emmert, I'll give you the chance of talking about you know them fighting uh, against you know NIL. Obviously, uh, I'll give you the chance to talk about them you know with the inequity of the women's basketball tournament when they've got plenty of money to support it. We know how much their men's tournament makes and the inequities that we saw on that front, Uh, the pay for play in basketball, which really the NCAA didn't seem too keen on punishing anybody for a long time. We're still waiting to hear what Kansas's rule is going to be, but Hey, look, I'm wearing my Missouri shirt. You're an Oklahoma state fan. We get to hear pretty fast about our overbearing punishments for us. So, choose your own adventure what's been your favorite of the mark emmert tenure man my heart's beating all fast i love a good choose your own adventure um first of all it feels like he just things started happening especially recently with like the nil and he just like you know that move where you put your finger in your ear and you go like no 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 like i'm out i'm done and he's just kind of gonna wash his hands of the mess that he's made which is a special kind of human uh, just as a whole, it's a character flaw in my opinion, but for sure, the way that he's handled the NCAA women's basketball tournament held this year was the first year that they got to brand as March madness. Mm-hmm. That's insane. And what happened? They put those games on TV and people watched them. People went to the games, they went to the stadiums and yes, it helped that there was some attention on some of those girls that were playing really well. I mean, I was seeing them on TikTok. You were seeing them on Twitter. There was like hype surrounding it because they, put some money into it, which is wild how that happens. Um, the I, I like the transfer portal. There's certainly things that I like in the advancement. Uh, I would like to see just the, not regulated well, right? Like there's no window right, for transfer there portal. Are issues. There's no there's no there's no rules on you know what constitute name image like this deals. Yeah, oh we just hand the kids cash. Nothing's it's it's not none of it's perfect. But again, anytime right. you present a problem to him, he nah, 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 like I'm not I'm not listening to you. I don't care about like it just feels like he was super unattentive. And when you're talking about a guy that's in charge of as much as you're in charge of, I'd much rather have a someone that's very attentive than a guy that just seems to not not care too much. We finally made it to spring and now we are hurling headfirst towards summer. If you live in Oklahoma like I do, you have already had days that have tested us with that summer heat, but with summer comes swimming, and that means bathing suits, so for me, that means Built Bar. It almost doesn't even feel like I'm doing something good for myself because I enjoy eating them. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You will be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carbs. 
mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. These are all the flavors. Plus, they have a white chocolate cookies and cream that is phenomenal. They are all delicious and covered in 100% chocolate. At Built Bar, they're all about taste. So they make it taste delicious first, then they figure out a way to make it healthy. And I don't know how to do, they do it, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, go to Built.com. The promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. I started taking AG1 for more energy. I chase around a seven, almost eight-year-old. I work two to three jobs depending on the day. Plus, I'm keeping up with all things Oklahoma State. I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I got it. AG1 has the kind of mild, tropical, fruity taste, and it's easy to get behind that early in the morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery focus, and aging, which I pretend I'm not doing. All of the things, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit, which we're not going to talk about mine because it's a real problem. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself, treat yourself. And for every purchase, we donate to organizations helping to get n- nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com college. Again, that's athleticgreens.com college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Thanks for making Locked on Pokes your first listen every day. Big announcement starting Thursday, April 28th. Tune in to Locked On NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked On NFL's Mock Draft special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show all week leading up to the first pick. You can find the Locked On NFL Draft live coverage on Locked On NFL Draft's YouTube page. The Odyssey NFL Mock Draft you can find on Odyssey and Locked On NFL Draft podcast feeds. Locked On NFL Draft Live starts April 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern, April 29th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, and April 30th at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. The Odyssey NFL Mock Draft is April 18th through the 22nd. And again on the 25th. Uh, Jake, it was the constant. The, the one thing that was consistent from Mark Emmert during his tenure was the amateurism, right? It was always student athlete. These are amateurs. And during the 2010s, I think especially in that tenure, the money was skyrocketing for television contracts, um, you know, for these bowl games, like, you know, like the, the title, the title sponsors, um, 
the NCAA tournament, they were always making a lot of money off that, but I think there was more attention paid to how much money was made off those events. You know, in this span, I think we had the moment of Shabazz Napier talking about going to bed hungry, right? Not, you know, the, the, remember the unlimited meal plan that came along finally that like oh, wasn't yeah. a thing until Shabazz Napier had said something. And they finally did it, and then you know, talk about that and like the awful food accommodations that the the female players had last year during the you know, and, and the men were eating eating great. Um, but the one the one constant through every controversy and everything has been the student-athlete, the student-athlete, the student-athlete, student-athlete amateurism. Is that the problem? Is, is, is it just like the, the NCAA's reluctance to be like, we can't let go of amateurism? Was that what's, yeah. what's going to kill Mark Emmert in the end and, and the entire NCAA? I, I, th- I do think that's going to be absolutely one of those things that's going to obviously taint his legacy because you're right. It was just a constant refrain. Well, we're doing this for the student-athletes. Doing this for the student-athletes. You know what? You can stop it with the pharisaical saying that it's the student athletes you guys are a multi-billion dollar business that doesn't want to lose any of that money you, you guys can remember in the early days of that pandemic the ncaa fought tooth and nail to keep the ncaa tournament alive because they were not about to give up that billion dollar tournament mm-hmm. and they finally had their hand forced when everybody else around them was canceling so it's just it's one of those things i wish the ncaa would just realize you know what we're a multi-billion dollar sports entity. We should stop acting like we're this mom and pop shop because you're not that. Just just, just give up the gig. But they're a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> they're acting like they're acting like my daughter's, you know, local soccer league. You know, yeah, like, sure. hey, yes. we need we need, we need some sponsors money. in the back here. Yeah, yeah need- hey, actually, you're gonna have to buy your own shirts. Um, oh, right. you know, and you, if you need oh. equipment, you may better go get those at the Dick Sporting Goods down the road. Like, we're not gonna provide you anything. It's it absolutely ludicrous. I think just, John, John Oliver did a great job a few years ago when he did. You know, and your mileage might vary on John Oliver, but just talking about the NCAA tournament and like mm-hmm. exposing really. If you want a deep dive on like a lot of the business numbers and actually a pretty shortened period of time, John Oliver does a great job with that. But you know, th- this kind of this kind of leads us um, to the idea of like there there is no situation where somebody comes in and turns this thing around. In my opinion, like. This ship has sailed. College football is going to be run by the conferences and conference commissioners. Now, my question is, um, the only thing I think the NCAA gets involved with at that point is going to be eligibility. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if name image likeness is going to have it, but if it's just an eligibility, excuse me, an eligibility thing, you know, I mean, even at that point, you might see a separation. So, John, I'll go to you on this. Like, um, you know, I, I think they're going to be okay with the basketball side of things. But the college football ship's going to sail because the NCAA hasn't done anything recently. Uh, and it's showed that, like, look, the sport will persist. Yes, we need parameters and guidelines, but we're not going to trust this clown car of individuals to set them. Well, there's going to come a point in time when the the Power Five conferences in particular kind of become self-aware and realize they don't need the NCAA as a governing body, that those five conference commissioners, and if they want to bring in the group of five with them, they can create their own league separate. They can hire uh, an independent individual to oversee the whole thing, much like the NFL does with Roger Goodell. They can bring somebody in or, or they can bring in their own group of people and hire their own group of people because there's going to be plenty of money wherever – you know, wherever college football goes, the money's going to follow. They could have their own, you know, NCAA like board of people 
to oversee college football playoff, oversee, you know, the conference structure, oversee scheduling, oversee the eligibility. I mean, the NCAA is really not necessary in college football. You got enough power brokers in the conferences, in the college football playoff committee that could create their own league. I mean, we've heard whispers of that over the last you know few weeks that by the you know 2030s that we're going to see a big um, college football league separate from the NCAA. And I mean, I don't hate it. I don't hate the idea of it, but what you need is some strong leadership to take that over. You're going to need somebody that's got the chops to run a professional sports league times two, because I mean, if you're talking about taking all five power conferences, you're talking about more than 50 teams. That's way more than what an NFL commissioner oversees the major league baseball commissioner oversees. And so you're going to need a strong group of people to oversee whatever the future of college football looks like. If it is separate from the NCAA, because that looks to be the way it's heading. Um, And if they don't create that strong leadership, then we're going to see this conference realignment thing constantly reoccurring and this wishy-washy move on college football playoff, where it would have benefited every single conference, but several conferences were like, now we're good. We're going to just leave the money on the table for the next you know, five, 10 years, and then we'll get the money later. But if you'd have had strong leadership that was going to the commissioners and saying, listen, this is going to put this amount of money in your back pocket. If we do this now, they would have been like, yeah, okay, sure. Let's do it. But, you know, politics got involved and the Alliance, you know, we've talked about it before on the show, but the Alliance kind of decided they were going to have their way with it. But again, if college football is heading away from the NCAA, the conferences really need to find a good, strong, independent voice to be the the figurehead and the leader of whatever that organization looks like. And then a body of people that works under that person to really make sure that college football is heading in a good trajectory. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports development, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. They've already got, you know, like Heisman stuff for next season, and, and they're preparing you for next season of college football. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Linda, for the other sports, for for basketball, both men's and women's, and baseball, and softball, and track and field, and soccer, they still depend on the NCAA to set up and run these events and these championships. And I know my question is like, does the NCAA just need the world's best event planner to be the new head of the NCAA? Like, is that what this needs? Because I'll tell you this. I mean, the, the, the college world series is a spectacular event. The women's college world series is a, I mean, dynamite of an event. Um, I thought this year, the women's college basketball, the NCAA tournament, uh, had some better games than the men's did. I, I thought that UConn-NC State game was the best tournament game I saw, irrespective of men's or women's. And I think there's there not going to be a change of who is in charge of those events. So, like, I think the NCAA still has utility. It's just going to be weird. I, I think the one thing I'm thinking about uh, when you talk to this, Linda, is, like, is it going to be weird that we're going to have one organization, like John said, working on the football, and then everything else is going to be under the NCAA. Or do you think at some point 
there's other branching off for things like basketball. I would wager that the NCAA always exists in some capacity for all of college sports. Now that doesn't mean that they don't get somebody at the helm that then delegates an entire system or branch that is in charge of football. Like that's it. And then everybody else focuses on something else. But I would wager that the NCAA always has at least like a pinky toe in the pool of college football from from some kind of angle uh but you have to get somebody that can delegate and yes event plan that i think that's huge we talked about it when we talked about who's going to take over the, as the big 12 commissioner somebody that can communicate with crowds of young people like that's your goal you're trying to get new faces into a sport that they may not know about or be in like you know go, when they're playing golf on tv or like you said softball the softball tournament is seriously so much fun I don't, I'm not a softball player. I went to like one practice as a kid after four minutes. I was like, this is not for me, but watching it is a thrill. I watch it with my daughter. We have a blast. So like you have to get somebody in that's going to spread the awareness about all these other sports. And that's going to be somebody that's a good event planner and maybe a little more youthful. But I think the NCAA taking their hands off of football a little bit is okay. I just think that there's a pretty good chance they always have just an inkling to do with it. Jake, your thoughts Did on I that? Did I answer your question? I'm yeah, no, no, I, no. I, I, I mean, I just, I don't know if, I mean, Jake, do you think the NCAA is going to have any tie to college football? Like, is the eligibility uh, thing going to be there? Or like, are they just going to be like, all right, you know, will SEC and Greg Sankey and all those guys be like, you know what, we'll make our own eligibility rules, semi to somewhat close to what's going on there. But like. It, it goes back to, I don't know how many of you guys, I think all you read this was the, the interview in Sports Illustrated from Jack Swarbrick from, from Notre Dame, mm-hmm. AD at Notre Dame, saying that he believes there's a breakup of the NCAA. It's inevitable. That's the quote he uses. It was inevitable. Right. And he thinks middle 2030s is when it would come down. He said there'll be schools that will still tie their athletics to the academic thing. And then he also thinks there are going to be schools that will essentially license their intellectual property for their athletics programs to another entity, but they will still retain the name. So an example, BYU could lease it out to some entity X entity out there that would essentially operate as BYU's athletic department, for example, it would happen for any one of those. I, it'd be very interesting to see how they do navigate this because whoever takes over, they're already fighting an uphill battle because the perception, yes, they are just, they're the most hated person in sports. It feels like in many ways, the second they take that job Uh, to go back real quick on the women's college world series thing. My wife has played in the women's college world series. Uh, She's a softball player, division one level. That tournament is absolutely incredible. We still watch to this day, me and her, and it's so much fun. So that's the type of stuff that should be highlighted more. I know football drives things, men's and women's basketball, men's basketball in particular really drives it, but these other sports and their postseasons, because you're right, the world series for both the baseball and softball thing, that's a lot of fun. And that should be highlighted more. I feel like moving forward, the, the question will be who can you find that can balance both continuing to push the football element while also understanding that, Hey, we've got to pay attention to these other sports. Cause at some point that football side of things may ultimately just divorce itself from us completely. Yeah. The, the question to me is, you know, I think they're ace in the hole right now for the NCAA is that they're, they're holding on to what is a nearly billion dollar event every year in the NCAA tournament. Right. So and I think their television contract is running through like 2032, I think is what it is right now. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, yeah, they deal the 2032 
uh, yeah. So, you know, they have, and that, look, that's always going to draw. Like there's no situation where that it just, it's, it's bulletproof, right? It is the NCAA tournament is absolutely bulletproof. There's no situation unless they started, you know, you know, doing something awful to, you know, to, to make it not uh, appealing to everybody. But, um, that's, that's my question. I, I know Jack Swarbrick is saying like, yeah, it'll all break up, but I, I'm not an expert on these things. I just, does anybody have any idea how like the NCAA would lose the NCAA tournament, which is what it's known as it's NCAA March Madness. NCAA, I, I, I don't see a situation where that happens, Jake. The way, the way I took it from Swarbrick is he's thinking more football than anything else. Right. Really. Will break yeah, yeah, things yeah. up because I'm with you. The NCAA, that cash cow, there is not a chance in hell that they are going to let let go of that. They are not letting go of that bag at all. So maybe it is that football ultimately does decide it's going to become its own singular entity and maybe has a loose association with the NCAA and its member schools because they're playing in the sport. But maybe at that point, yeah, there is just a complete separation essentially of football and then all these other sports over here are still under the NCAA umbrella. Maybe that's how they will go about it. 